Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey parents, this is Tim Wright along with Dr. Michael Gurian and we want to welcome you again to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. I'm so glad you're listening with us today and for your support and uh, the great questions that you send in. We have another one today we're going to tackle. Uh, Michael, how, how are things up in Spokane today? Things are great. Thank you. How about for you in Phoenix? Uh, things are, are actually quite nice here. It's it's in the 50s, so it's probably colder here than Spokane. Oh, no. No, right now Spokane is 30, 29. All right. You got to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about a, a question that I really love because I'm a grandparent. And this is a listener who asked a question about how to help her parents better understand her kids, which I, I think is just a great question. And... Um, before we, before we dive into the question, as always, we always want to encourage you to uh, stop by sometime, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. There's all kinds of great resources there that help you build on some of the things that we share here in the podcast, written by Michael, some by me, and of course, a link to our great sponsors. Uh, we appreciate them so much for making it possible for us to do this week after week. And that's the Center of Place of Hope, Dr. Greg Jantz and his team up there in the Seattle area doing amazing work helping us deal with some of the great challenges of life like depression or eating disorders, anxiety, whatever it might be. Greg's got a number of really good books out, too, if you just go to that link and uh, check out what they're doing. And, of course, our, our uh, Facebook group. If you are interested in, in joining our Facebook community, you just uh, do a little search of Wonder Parenting and join, and you can be a part of all the different discussions going on there as well. So we have a question today. Uh, not asked by a grandparent, but asked by parents on behalf of the grandparents. And it goes like this. Could you give some pointers to grandparents on how to form relationships, understand, and communicate with their grandchildren, specifically the gender difference, especially boys? Uh, we've said this many times. We get a lot of questions about boys. Uh, my parents would love to have a relationship with my children, but struggle to find things to talk with them about. More importantly, my son. I have three kids, a girl who's 11, a boy who's 9, and a girl who's 6. They struggle to understand my son more, and it may be because they only had girls. Uh, grandparents struggle, for example, with the video games that their son plays, but that's all he wants to talk to them about. Uh, I try to limit screens, but it's really hard to do when so many boys are playing. He doesn't care about sports, though I make him participate. Right now he's in competitive swimming. Uh, my children are also home-educated which we decided on for various reasons, family time and a better learning environment than the school can give. I feel like all of these different approaches to raising my children, technology, home education, non-sports, uh, that my, grand, my parents lack understanding. The grandparents love sports, and that was their life. So that's another challenge. If they were really into sports and uh, their grandson isn't, it can be a challenge. So, Michael, I thought uh, this is podcast number 76 for us. And every week we're talking about brain differences and brain science between boys and girls and so on. Um, I thought it might be good just to start with a recap. Uh, it's sort of like 
uh, previously on The Wonder of Parenting. And um, let's, let's talk about some things that um, are unique to boys and unique to girls that grandparents need to understand just from a brain perspective. Um, so if I were to ask you, what are five things about boys, five things about girls grandparents would know? Can you come up with five? Wow. Okay. I love it. You put me on the spot. I'm loving it. Okay. So pick five things about boys and five things about girls that would be of great interest to grandparents. Right. Okay. And I repeated, notice I did a therapeutic technique of repeating the question, a very good clinical thing, in order to form my thoughts. Um, <laughs> well, I would say in terms of, um, in terms of boys, uh, a kind of a recap is that we don't tend to use as many words as males, as females do. And um, uh, we especially don't tend to use as many words for feelings as females do. So I may be covering boys and girls at once here. Uh, females do tend to use more words for feelings um, and to reflect mood than boys. A second important thing would be the moving around, the doing, that to relate to boys, and this may get us into our question later, to relate to boys, we want to do things with boys. Uh, sitting and talking is fine, of course, but we want to be thinking doing. What are the things we're going to do together? Uh, because that the male brain is very cerebellum dependent, which is that thing at the base of the brain, which is the moving around, doing things, projects, building things. Um, uh, so I guess that's a second thing. Whereas with girls, um, we we actually might sit and talk quite a bit or go to coffee. Let's go to coffee and get some coffee and talk for an hour. Um, she, she's more likely to love that. Uh, and it, while anyone might like going to coffee, um, uh, the boys may not sit there for an hour and talk, but she might. So there's that's kind of a, a difference. I, so I think I'm covering both five girls and boys at once. A third thing I would say is um, uh, in terms of video games, I really think that is a very important dis difference for people to think about. These visual, spatial, the male brain tends to be very visual, spatial. So spatial means objects moving through space. Visual is seeing it. You know, a visual graphic is... Uh, pictures of it so things like movies video games um the, the, the everyone likes movies of course but video games are an example of how much that male brain loves the visual and the visual spatial uh so we would as grandparents need to learn something about that um if we're gonna especially if the boy is already playing video games now i'm going to speak later about the fact that i think nine is too young for this boy to be so devoted to video games, um, but he is. And so because that male brain is so visual spatial, that's important. Whereas with girls, they won't tend to be as visual spatial, especially on something like like video games. So there are other ways to relate with them. Um, you want more? If you I got can do it. more. Sure, you do more. <laughs> Give us a couple more. Okay. Um, uh, males and females tend to do things like empathy Mm -hmm. a little differently and and even even maybe resilience a little differently um males will tend to want to put up with more pain and they will tend to even like stories from elders and grandparents of of you know the war they fought in or or if they didn't fight in a war then you know the the pain they've experienced the the obstacles um uh, whether moral or whether whether physical or developmental, um, uh, males, just in terms of the way our bodies are set up, we don't 
uh, and this affects our brain. We don't have as many nerve fibers, you know, that as females do that feel the pain. So males are constantly putting themselves into terribly painful situations, um, causing themselves and each other lots of pain um, because our bodies just don't have as many of the pressure receptors under the skin to feel it. And then in terms of the pain receptors in the brain, we don't, we don't process as much of this pain as the female brain does. So, so I, I always think for people relating with boys to, to remember that and remember that they're wanting to take these risks and they're, they're, um, of course we know we're generalizing it, right? Everyone knows we're generalizing. Some boys won't like risks, but in general, they want to take these risks. They, they process the world through obstacles and pain and heroism and these sorts of things. So we want to relate to them. That's a base for relationship, uh, to tell at least if we're old, we don't want the pain anymore, but we can tell stories, you know, of our lives affecting, uh, those things. And then I guess the fifth thing I would say, um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to get them also to fit with the grandparents. But the, the fifth thing I think I would say is that, um, males tend often tend to need a, a little more leading or leadership, like in, in things having to do with organization, uh, like a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old male. Um, we don't, we don't send as much signaling as the female brain does to our frontal cortex, the prefrontal. These are the executive decision-making parts of the brain, the organizational parts of the brain, and and actually the moral parts of the brain. I mean, we we need we need a little more training getting the signaling to go to those parts of the brain. Um, females uh, might have double, triple the signaling up to this frontal cortex, especially in adolescence. So. I think it's an important role for for grandparents and for elders to, to know this and to be to be thinking what am I passing on in terms of character development, moral development? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I passing on that's going to help? How am I helping this boy with impulse control, um, self regulation, organization? What can we do together that helps him learn to organize, you know, and to self regulate? Uh, because at nine or at ten. He's probably not as good at that as the girls around him are. So I picked five. Do those yep, help? Yep. I'm going to throw in one more, which is which okay. uh, you've kind of touched on, and that's competition. Uh, because here's a boy who's, oh, who's interested yep. in video games, um, and that's a competitive uh, aspect to his life, at least in part, where he may not be interested in, in participating in competitive sports. This is sort of his competitive sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so great you brought that up because people will say, my son's not competitive. He doesn't play sports. And and uh, you and I both, when we do conferences together, we'll say, well, does he play video games, you know, or does he play chess? And um, uh, and he, that is very competitive. Uh, that is another way. Uh, and I really think this grandparent, truthfully, I think this grandparent should and the parents should require it take this nine-year-old to whatever is the sport they like let's say it's baseball or football i think they should go there it doesn't really matter if the son per se plays football or or but let's say the dad i'm sorry the grandpa is um a let's go to arizona we're going to be with you because you're a grandpa good thank you you're an arizona cardinals fan you have the arizona cardinals i mean i really think even if the boy says oh i don't want to go that that grandparent and that grandson should be going to that game because they go to that game a few times you're right that competitive instinct's going to get in there and that boy is gonna um 
you know, start rooting for the Cardinals, and then he's going to start thinking about Larry Fitzgerald and about, you know, he's going to have lists in his mind of, of who are the good players. And, and because, you're right, he, he's gonna, he likes relating through competition. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I, uh, one of the things that uh, is obvious but worth stating... All grandparents are different. Grandparents come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. I think most grandparents really do want to have a good, loving relationship with their grandchildren. Um, And some seem to be better equipped to do that than others based on their life experience, their personalities, um, you know, their conversation skills, whatever it might be. And um, in this case... Uh, you know, one of the things that may be challenging for grandma and grandpa is that they never raised a boy. Um, now, for me, I raised a daughter and I raised a son, and I'm not sure how much help that really is in, in uh, <laughs> translating my grandchildren because they're, uh, you, you know, they, I, I understand from a brain science perspective, they're boys and they're girls, uh, but they're also very unique individuals. And so it's really finding uh, those one or two things that uh, really get the interest up of my granddaughters or my grandsons and and uh, being an observer of them and trying to find what what is the one thing or the two things that they love to do or they love to talk about and then and just you know start there and, and come to that uh, and then uh, to find ways away from the screen to do, uh, say competitive things with the grandsons with my granddaughter's love as well by the way uh, so when they come you know the first thing they want is the ipad can we play the ipad no no screen time um, let's get out uh, uno and we're going to play uno and uh, one of the things that that i find with uh, a competitive game like uno or authors or whatever the card game might be or board game is teaching particularly one of my grandsons who's extremely competitive and it, he's very good at, at uh, football, uh, and his team wins almost everything, uh, is teaching him how to lose graciously. And mm-hmm. um, it's one thing to learn how to win graciously. That's important. Um, but sometimes you can get so used to winning that you don't know how to lose graciously. And so I'll talk smack to him once in a while <laughs> uh, when he loses, and he'll talk it back to me when he beats me. But to find those things and so with my granddaughter what is it that uh, my oldest is interested in and what can we talk about and and uh, you know so part of uh, the the task for i think a mom and a dad is to invite the parents in and say you know my son loves to do this and uh, hey grandpa why don't you go and play with my son go play video games for a half hour and then go out for a walk or you know find those things to do so 
let's take this let's make it practical now for the this mom who wants her grandparents involved with their kids in a healthy way what are some strategies that you would look for for the let's start with the mom so how can the mom help the grandparents be more engaged with her kids well i think you hit on it um can I can I start specifically in this case? Can yes. I use this case as yes. an example? Yep. I think I because I, I think part of what the mom needs that everyone needs to do is um, talk to this child, have a meeting. You know, so this child is nine, so we're going to use that as our base. This boy is nine. Have a meeting and lay it out. Like this is this. These are our areas of contact. Um, uh, your area of contact, my son, let's call him Mike, at nine, is video games. Uh, so, okay, that's on our list, video games, as a, as a nexus of contact with grandpa or uh, with grandparents. And then and then another point of contact is sports. So, so that's going to go on our list. Um, another is going to be getting some exercise together. Um, uh, if the grandparents are walker, you refer to walking or or something, and this child likes to swim, so maybe going swimming together. So that's a point of contact, and especially with this nine-year-old, who it looks like is not doing sports. So he and and she emphasized technology. So it do, I don't see anything about exercise here, and he's nine. So we'd like to see one to two hours outdoors or moving around for him. So there's a point of contact, and then um, let's say reading. If he's a reader, okay. Then what's the point of contact? What sort of books? Or are they comic books or graphic novels? Um, uh, Nine, a grandfather or grandmother reading with a nine-year-old actually for a half hour is, is actually fine, you know. Any nine-year-old should love that, and we just may have to train him to love that because that's a point of contact. So whatever our, our five or ten points of contact, they have a meeting and they talk about it and say, this is, you know, this is what we're going to do. And, and, I, and the grandparents have to say something, too. Like, you know, one of my points of contact, I think, is that I go every Saturday to visit my sister who's in a nursing home or who's in a facility and uh and i would like to take brian what did i call the boy mike i would like to take mike every other saturday with me to visit uh, i think that's a really great point of contact and and the parent the mom i hope would say uh, all things being equal would say great uh so here's grandpa or maybe it's grandpa and grandma go and that takes an hour you know that's an hour and a half where they're together and they're bonding, and then the driving over there, there's going to be bonding in there, and they won't allow screens in there. There'll be no video games in the car, and they'll just say, hey, grandma and grandpa don't know, know about that. When you're with them, you know, you kind of pay them the respect of trying to relate with them where their points of contact are. So no video games. Um, you're going to go visit uh, the aunt every other week, and that will, in that will increase to something else. They'll go get coffee. They'll, you know, things will happen, right, when they make that trip. So I would say do that. I would say make this list for, uh, via these points of contact, have five to ten of them, and alternate alternate through them and around them over the weeks. Uh, and, and pretty quickly, the boy is going to start kind of acceding to these elders. Um, and what mom will, of course, and dad, and what they'll have to do is they'll have to teach him, you know what, these people are your elders, and... And uh, you need to stretch to them. That that's part of being nine. You got to stretch to your grandparents. They can't completely stretch to you. You got to also stretch to them. Uh, you got to teach them things that are interesting to you, 
but you can't cast them out, <laughs> you know. Um, and so then all three generations are involved in these points of contact. That, that's really sort of an approach that I think, especially in this case, where I feel like the mom is sort of resigned, where people have sort of resigned themselves. And the boy is only nine, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, he's not like he's 18. He's only nine. So um, uh, let's not resign ourselves to anything here. Let's let's make the boy stretch to the grandparents and then let the grandparents do stuff that the boy can gradually enjoy. Yeah, I... I really appreciate what you said there about, um, you know, if there's a, a certain uh, thing that grandma and grandpa do that's service-oriented or that's loving and caring for, uh, you, you mentioned, a, say, a sister in a, a nursing home, uh, to take the kids along can be so valuable. Uh, you know, and the grandkids may hate it and they may only do it one time, but at least you've had an opportunity to let them, uh, your your grandchildren, into your world a little bit and say, this is really important to me and here's why it's important. And I think if uh, grandma or grandpa has a particular skill that they want to uh, at least introduce to their grandchildren, that's a great way to talk about who they are and who uh, uh, and give some insight into them. And certainly telling stories about their ancestors can be really helpful for these these kids. And uh, the other night we were at my um, my niece's house, and there was a picture of my grandpa and grandma up on the wall from when they were very, very young. And I just grabbed my oldest granddaughter, and I sat her on my knee, and I said, you see that picture there? That's my grandpa, and that's my grandma. Your great-great, your great-great, uh, and your great-great-grandma. And I said, my grandpa was a pastor, and I wanted to be like him, and that's why I'm a pastor today. And that was it. That was the whole conversation, um, to just to have a moment um, for me to share something that was important for my life that's important to her life, and for grandparents to look for those opportunities. And uh, I think sometimes we, we do get a little nervous around our kids because we're not, uh, you know, some of us aren't really quite sure if we understand their world or their music or their video games. And we just don't know how to jump in. But I just say jump in and do it. Oh, yeah. We have to let's not be resigned to this because the the these roles are getting messed up. It isn't really the grandparents' job. <clears throat> it isn't really the grandparents' job to, to uh, change who they are to accommodate a nine-year-old, right? right? It's really, it's our family system has to be run in such a way that there's so much respect for the elder that, uh, I mean, I'm bracketing out that the elder does something mean or abusive. Okay, that's its own situation. But in a normal situation, in this case, we need to teach these kids so much respect for these elders that they that they uh, want to come along and they want to learn whatever is this legacy that these grandparents want to pass on because these grandparents are, are our age, right? You and I are both 61 or older. Um, we as grandparents are ready to pass on a legacy. And um, while we will pass on that legacy and tell these stories to people who are not our blood relations, certainly, um, to be able to do it with our own grandchildren is, uh, you know, it's just double good because we're passing it in, into our own family system, our own blood. And, um, and these kids need it, and they need this connection to the past and to ancestry. They need the connection to, uh, to legacy, to family legacy, to family history. If they don't get that connection, I actually do a lot with this in The Wonder of Boys, if people want to kind of get into the research of it. My argument in The Wonder of Boys um, is that 
that without that, if they don't, like some kids don't even know what the, where their name comes from. So this is a metaphor. Uh, a lot of kids are not named after grandparents, but uh, but even just knowing their name, where it comes from, and what its legacy is, you know, can help a child. Well, just think if the child's name comes from. I used Mike, so let's say my grandchild is Michael. Well, we have so many Michaels in our family because it's my father's mother's last name, and then it's my grandfather's first name, and my name. Uh, you know, there's just this point of contact to tell a lot of stories about these people named Michael and what they did. Uh, and there's a billion ways to do that. And grandparents are wanting to pass on stories and legacy. They just often have to do it through doing uh, or through spont spontaneity, like you had just now with your granddaughter. Something's happened spontaneously and it gets passed on. Um, uh, we as we as the middle generation, right, that has the, the grandkids, I think we have to go into this thing saying, this is a big part of my child's life. And so my child is always going to be raised with respect for those people and is always going to be raised knowing that he or she will spend time with those people um, and that it is not their job. They will try to stretch toward the child because they're, they're really nice, wonderful people, but it is really not their job to stretch so much because their child doesn't respect them. Uh, their child needs to respect them as elders, and that will, that will get the child to stretch to them some. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mm -hmm. so, so, using the brain science that you started with, um, boys tend not to be as verbally articulate about their feelings or their thoughts. And, um, and sometimes that, particularly for grandmas who, who tend to be more verbal, that can be a, a, a little bit of a challenge. But even for a guy like me, uh, you know, I'll pick my grandkids up, my grandsons up from school and how was your day? Great. Uh, what'd you learn? Uh, nothing. And, you know, <laughs> you, you, and, and I just have to learn, you know, I just have to remind myself, okay, we're going to go home and um, we're going to have a little snack, and then we're going to let the kids play by themselves if they want to just play around, or I'm going to pull out a card game or a board game, and we're going to start playing, and then uh, I'll find that as we uh, either throw the football outside or we play hide-and-seek or we play a board game, that with the boys, the conversation tends to start amping up a little bit because there's movement involved, some competition. Um, yep, yep. And, uh, you know, it's also then I think – uh, for me, uh, as a grandparent, to be able to uh, sort of look at the individual grandchild, regardless of being male or female, and, and what is it that they're really good at, and I want to be involved in that, so I want to show up when they're playing football to the best of my ability. I want to be there when they're in a play. Uh, so Jan and I uh, you know, are, are constantly running from this show to that game to that thing. 
um, because we want to support them. Uh, but then also uh, to, from time to time to just acknowledge. Um, so, you know, we're, we're recording this right in Christmas week. Christmas has just ended. And every year we buy each of our kids an ornament for the tree that says has impact or says something about them from that year. And um, this year I picked them all out. And, uh, you know, so I, I've got a grandson who likes to draw. So I bought him an ornament about art. And uh, I've got a grandson who, you know, he he's really into uh, uh, skull and crossbones stuff right now and Pirates of the Caribbean sort of stuff. So we got him a little skull um, from Pirates of the Caribbean. And, and, and just to be able to say, I, I'm listening, I'm paying attention, I know that this is who you are. And those little things for grandparents go a long way in letting our grandkids know that we care and we do want to listen to them, which gives them then more entree to, to want to talk to us and tell us about their day or their life. Yeah. Yeah. It shows you're attached with them and they unconsciously are looking for that attachment and you're doing those beautiful things. They know, they know their love. They know there's attachment. Um, and you're finding, you're looking into their eyes and their their lives and finding what their passion is. And that passion may change in a few years. Right, right. now, the passion is A. Um, and you're speaking to that passion. And I think the, the extent to which the grandparents are going to stretch even beyond where they naturally are able to stretch would be toward the passion if they have to pick something and that's so for instance you talked about the mom had to set all this up because she's the nexus if you have to pick something then yeah pick that child's passion area and the grandparent shows attachment by learning more about that passion area right. I, I i hate that the only passion area for this nine-year-old is video games i really think that's not good for his brain uh, but also maybe we don't have all the info right i would hope he has other passion areas and 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 if this is the only one right now, then then okay, t okay, grandson, teach me how to play this video game. That's okay too. You know, uh, I'll try to learn to play the video game with you. Yep. Um, uh, but that's not all we're gonna do. But sure, I'll try that. It's your passion. Whatever is their passion, their calling. Let's move to it. And how great it can be if if their passion and their calling in some way can intersect with something the grandparent is good at already. You know, right? Like if yep. it has to do with building or if the grandpa was an engineer or the grandma was an engineer, I mean, that's even doubly good. If we can, and if we find that wedge in, then I think as grandparents, let's pursue that wedge and bring bring this grandchild, daughter or son, grandchild over to our office. Uh, or um, if we're retired, to go see our old buddies at the office, you know, yep. to, to get the passions to link up if possible. Yeah. And, and again, we've, we've said this, but to reiterate again, um, and and because I have a son who was really into video games, and of course some grandsons now more than my granddaughters who really enjoy it, I'm lost in that world. That was not a you know I you and I grew up right. in Pong. We just moved a little knob up and down. That was it. Asteroid and yep. Pong. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, so uh, you know it's it's lost on me. And of course my grandkids just they think it's hilarious. I'm so terrible at the video games, but the the pride that they take in showing me how to play a game is and that i i'll take the time and want to learn but then as a grandparent to be able to say all right you've taught me one of your favorite games now i want to teach you one of my favorite games whatever that right. might be yeah. um and that's where the bartering and and the the give and take and and really the point isn't to play a video game the point is to get to know my grandson or my granddaughter in whatever activity it is and to let her know i'm present there and i'm really interested in what her life is about and hopefully then i can share some things that I'm interested in, that I want her to learn from me or want him to learn from me. So grandparenting is a great privilege. 
Um, but it isn't always easy, uh, especially because we have certain ideas and our kids have certain ideas of how they should raise their kids. And <laughs> those don't always uh, right. mesh either. Um, and grandparents are always right. I, I don't know. <laughs> now, my, my, parents really? weren't al- yeah, my parents weren't always right. But as a grandparent, I'm always right. Yeah, it's, it's the wisdom I've now received. Uh, so, uh, you know, those, those can be the dynamics as well. But uh, it sounds like what we have from our writer is she's got grandparents who want to be involved. They're, they're, they love their grandkids. And so, as you said, sit down and figure out ways to help the grandkids connect to the grandparents and vice versa. And it, it, uh, it'll be a magical experience for them as those kids get older. Yeah, and these kids are still young. This, yep. can, all, this can all work out really well. Yep. Well, we sure appreciate the question. And Michael, thank you for your insights on uh, how to help mm, our grandparents. And uh, we'll be back with you folks again next week. Thank you for listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.